Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Steeler fans, it's time once again for another episode of the show you know and hopefully love, or at least show up to listen to every once in a while because you love Shannon White and you love Tony Defio. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. This is The Hangover. Yeah, and we are still hung over from the Pittsburgh Steelers missing out on the offseason, and there's so much to talk about. But first, gentlemen, first round of the playoffs. Did you guys get a chance to watch them? Tony Defio, how are you, my friend? I am good. I did. I watched as much as I could. I wanted to watch all of it, but work got in the way and bowling got in the way. But I tried to pay attention as much as I could, and it was a really crazy weekend, I thought. Shannon White, how are you, my friend? I'm doing well. Uh, yeah, I watched uh, as, as much as I could, and uh, just really some really interesting results. Um, you know, it, there's always surprises and you always try to pick the ones that's going to be the surprises, but, um, it was really exciting, some real exciting games. So that was good for the NFL and for the fans. Well, I've got to tell you, I've had a, uh, a week where my health has been, uh, at the forefront, have not felt that good this week. I ended up right after last week's show, I tested positive for COVID I had a headache during the show, and then I ended up uh, spending the week basically on the couch and watching as much as I possibly could of the NFL, and I got to see pretty much every single game, and I noticed a lot of things during those games. So, you know, besides getting a vasectomy, if you get COVID, then you're going to do it during a sports weekend. (laughs) So that's what they always say. I, you know, the rumor has it that a lot of people get vasectomies during the NCAA tournament. If it was me, I'm doing it during yeah. an NFL playoff weekend or a super wild card weekend. Mm-hmm. And the weekend isn't even over yet. Yes. This is weird. First time in our lives, there's a game on Monday night for the playoffs. How weird is that to you, Shannon White? Yeah, I, you know, I guess this is the first time. And I was really shocked. I mean, I think it makes total sense uh, for the NFL to do that, you know, to, to you know, maximize their exposure and get that extra night in there because I'll be watching. So, you know, from, uh, 
I don't know if it, if it gives logistically, if it'll give their next opponent an advantage, uh, you know, an, an extra day's rest and everything. But, you know, as far as a competitive advantage, but for the NFL, it, you know, it definitely makes sense financially. Well, it's kind of crappy to me, Tony Defio, and this is why. Because Tony mentioned, as uh, Shannon just mentioned, that one-day advantage. Well, you got to think, a huge buy for the Philadelphia Eagles. And whoever's playing tonight, whoever wins tonight's game, mm-hmm. is going to be taking on Philadelphia. And it's either going to be Tampa Bay on a six-day week, or it's going to be Dallas on a six-day week, taking on a team that's rested for two weeks. Usually, when they have that team playing a, a bye team, Tony, it's a situation where, you know, there's they're playing Saturday. Or actually, they're playing Sunday, but there's... Yeah, that other team played earlier in the week. That other team gets an extra day. This is a whole lot different. What are your thoughts on it? Well, I mean, first of all, there's no doubt in my mind that whoever wins this game is going to complain about having one less day to prepare, and they're going to complain about having to face a team on a bye. Uh, especially if it's Dallas, they're going to complain because it's their division rivals. But I'm really looking forward to the to the matchup. I think I think you're right uh, this week um, or this time anyway. We have a game on Monday night. I don't know if it's going to be a a a normal thing a, a moving forward. But America's team versus Tom Brady on, in prime time. Uh, I can't wait to see it. And I, it's it going to be an intriguing matchup because I think the Cowboys can do some damage uh, in these playoffs if they it can, can advance. But Tom Brady at home, even though the Bucks are eight nine heading into this game. Uh, it's going to be a hard out for them. So uh, uh, I don't look for the Buccaneers to, to do much in these playoffs, but I wouldn't be surprised if they knock the uh, the Cowboys off tonight. But if they do, if the Cowboys do survive, I think they could, they could do some damage uh, starting next week against the, uh, the Eagles. You know, I've seen a lot of things over the years that that extra playoff team, that low seed because they're a division winner, namely the Seattle Seahawks back in maybe 2009, 2010, somewhere around there. And even the Denver Broncos of 2011, who hosted the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Denver Broncos team was eight and eight. And the Steelers came in at 12 and four and got Tebowed. Maybe it was just the magic of Tim Tebow. I don't know what it was, but home field advantage exists for a lot of teams. So I agree with you. If any team is ripe for the picking. It's a team with Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys against a guy who knows how to win games, no matter how his skills are these days in Tom Brady. So interesting thing there, Tony. Shannon, do you have any thoughts quickly about the Buccaneers and the Cowboys? Oh, I I agree. The Cowboys looked really, really bad. Their last game losing to the Washington Commanders in a game that had meaning to them, had some, you know, playoff positioning importance. So uh, that that doesn't bode well. And, and you know, Tom Brady, I mean, that he's 7-0 in his career against the Cowboys. They've never beat him. So I was under hmm. – I thought that um, the Giants had to play Philly next. I don't know where – You know what? You're right, and that just popped into my head. So uh, I do apologize for that. I didn't that. want to interrupt, but I said I think it's the Giants or I heard wrong. <laughs> No, I, I, that is very true. So everything that I just said earlier, 
about the disadvantage kind of scratch that because now it makes sense i do appreciate that um you know that's i don't know why that popped in my head that way so it will be the giants taking on the philadelphia eagles but the winner of this game has to go to san francisco which i'm going to tell you after watching them let seattle hang around for a little bit and i think that's all they did i thought it was cat and mouse after that on saturday i noticed that that's a team that I'm glad the Pittsburgh Steelers were not playing because San Francisco 49ers are for real and they're dangerous. I'm going to start with Shannon. Do you think San Francisco is the best team in the playoffs and possibly your Super Bowl winner coming out of the NFC? Was that me? Yes. Okay. I had a pause there and I didn't hear who it was. Um, yeah, I've said all along, uh, the Niners, you know, the, they're the top team, everything besides quarterback. And they just, you know, they're inexperienced. Um, but you just really don't want to play the 49ers right now. They're, they're such a complete team. Uh, they got the great defense. They got the great running game. Um, and, you know, pretty kind of he's in a situation all like Ben was when Ben first came in that, you know, he's just, he's just making the plays, you know, the five or six plays a game that they really need. And, um, you know, they're looking really, really strong right now. Um, I, I've said if it's the Eagles or the Niners, um, it's going to be really interested how teams view the quarterback position and, and uh, how much money they're willing to spend at the expense of the rest of the roster. But, what do you think about that game, the Niners and the Seahawks? Every, all these teams that are division teams and they play each other, and you know, that's like the third game of the year, just like the Ravens and the Bengals. And it's really common when it's two teams from the same division uh, to play those close games like that. And, and like I said, Seattle hung with them there for a while, but you could tell that the Niners outclassed them in the end. Absolutely. What were your thoughts, Tony, when you're watching San Francisco and Mr. Relevant Brock Purdy? I've got to do that because they brought they brought Fox's own Paul Heyman <clears throat> on the pregame to <laughs> talk about that, which it made me laugh because that always <laughs> gives me a good chuckle. But when is this guy for real, Tony, to you? And if he's if he is for real, how much for more for real is he? Then Kenny Pickett, because watching these games, I thought a lot about the Pittsburgh Steelers in a lot of different ways. And I kept on thinking what number eight would have looked like wearing Scarlet of the 49ers. Well, to Evan's uh, thoughts, it, it's kind of like Ben's rookie year. I mean, the, the 49ers are a heck of a team. I mean, they have just about everything. I mean, they have defense, they have, they have a great offensive system. They have a great running game. Uh, the only thing they're missing, they haven't been able to figure back position. And last year they had Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, I let him on a nice run, and he took him to the Super Bowl a few years earlier. Uh, they were counting on Trey Lance this year to to make that leap as what third or uh, but he got hurt. So and so, uh, I guess it's hurt too. So um, Brock Purdy, what a story! You know, Mister Irrelevant, the last guy picked. Um, I don't know. I don't know if he's if he's for real yet. 
Uh, he's, he's really a game manager at this point. He's making a few plays a game that, that are really standing out. Um, if, if, is he in Pickett? I'm not sure yet because Kenny Pickett's in a different situation. He's, he's part of a young cast that's still trying to find its way and they're still rebuilding. So it's different. But, um, I, I think if Kenny Pickett was on that team, obviously I'd have confidence that he would be able to, to uh, lead them to where uh, Brock Purdy's led them up to this point. So uh, I think that bodes well for Pittsburgh's future. If, if they can, if they can continue to build this roster around him and if he can continue to, to, uh, uh, you know, make that leap forward. Uh, as far as uh, like th- this NFC playoff picture, I think it's really interesting because, you know, unless Tom Brady uh, uh, gets that, you know, gets to the Super Bowl again, whoever does make it to the Super Bowl has a chance to really make a statement for their young career. You have Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia, um, who people were writing off before this year. You have Dak Prescott, who people are constantly trying to write off because he, he always seems to. Uh, to uh, come up short in the big moments. And then you have Brock Purdy, who's just a, a fantastic story that, that, uh, you know, if he can, if he can get over the top and, and, and get them to a Super Bowl and win it in his rookie year, I mean, that's going to be, you know, one, one heck of a, a start to his career. And it's going to be hard to, to, regardless of what happens from this point forward, it's going to be hard to, 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 uh, to remove him from that starting spot for San Francisco. Cause you know, they, they invested a lot in Trey Lance. Uh, if Brock Purdy goes on a run, uh, that's going to be a hard decision for them. So I think it's, it's one of them, it's the more interesting side of the playoff bracket right now is the NFC. That's the, the thing for me, that's going to be really interesting because you don't know how great Brock Purdy really is because he is masked by a really fantastic offense and a fantastic scheme. <laughs> and let's hold on to that one for a little bit. Cause we definitely need to talk about that because we're talking about how, when watching the games in the offseason, what you thought the Pittsburgh Steelers could do in situations, we're going to talk about that a little bit more, but I want to get back to the Kenny Pickett thing. Shannon White, what were your thoughts about Kenny Pickett, if you had any, while you're watching the 49ers? Well, I've uh, been really interested to, to watching uh, Purdy um, because – he was very he a lot of his skill sets are very similar to Kenny Pickett. He he has good instincts. Uh he moves really naturally. He's he's a he's not a great, great athlete, but he's a really good athlete. He can move in the pocket and he has a you know, he has touch on his passes. He you know, he has a good arm, you know, not a great arm. Uh so when he there was a lot of talk about him being maybe a, a, a sleeper, a later round sleeper in the draft, which he's, you know, looks like he's even more than that. Um, but I think it's, it, we're all guilty of it uh, because, you know, on the, I thought, I knew the Steelers weren't going to have too many offensive players win awards this year. But I thought that Kenny Pickett might be the, uh, make it for the PFF uh, starting rookie quarterback on the, their rookie team. But he got beat out by Brock Purdy, and Purdy only played six games. But, you know, those six games, you know, he had 13 touchdowns. and uh, But, of course, he was leading uh, a dominant dominant roster. Uh, he had a lot of luxuries that Kenny Pickett didn't have. I still think Pickett deserved to get that starting nod on PFF. But, um, you, know, I mean, you know, there's a case for Purdy as well. But – 
I think that that uh, Purdy has a future in the NFL based on what I've seen so far. Um, you know, whether he's the next full-time starter for the Niners, we're not, I'm not sure, but I still think that Penny is a, a picket is a grade above him, uh, across the board. And, you know, he just, Pickett didn't have the luxury of having a juggernaut team around him. No, he did not. So, uh, I definitely recognize your comments and I understand that there. Let's look at some of the other games. And of course there's two games that I'm saving to the very end. So let's talk about real quickly a game that I really didn't think about the Steelers whatsoever watching the game because it was an NFC game. I don't like the Giants. I'm always disappointed in the Minnesota Vikings, but the Minnesota Vikings remind me of the Steelers a whole heck of a lot because of yeah, just throughout the years, they seem to have all the potential in the world. They kind of reminded me yesterday of some of those uh, killer B teams where they've got all the talent in the world. Um, that includes Kirk Cousins. That includes Dalvin Cook. That includes a decent defense and Justin Jefferson. And when I watch that team and I watch them continually to fall apart in the offseason, I think about the Steelers, but that's probably the only thing. I didn't think about the current version of the Pittsburgh Steelers watching them, but do you guys have any thoughts about that game? I'll start with Tony. I wasn't surprised you know, when you saw the way Minnesota played all throughout the year, despite their, their, their dominant record. I mean, every, every game was pretty much a one score game and they were getting blown out by the Colts and they had to come back. They got blown out by the Cowboys at home. I think they got blown out one or two more times uh, during the year. Uh, so I wasn't surprised that the game was close and that the Giants pulled it out because Daniel Jones, I was heading into year three or four now. He's finally, it finally looks like he's, he's gotten over the top or, or gotten over the hump and might actually be a, a really good quarterback in this league. You know, maybe it's the new, the new, the new coach that's really helping him out. Uh, and it makes you wonder about Kirk cousins and, 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 and that the idea that you really can't get anywhere in this league, unless you have a bona fide franchise quarterback. And I think he's always been on the cusp of being that, but he's never really quite gotten there. And this year could have been that year where he, he finally, uh, you know, put his stamp on the league and, and became a, a, a superstar franchise quarterback that got his team to a super bowl. And he just, it wasn't just him, obviously, on Sunday. It was the, the whole team came up short. But, you know, he could have made that that one or two, those one or two key passes that put them over the hump, and it just didn't happen. So I, I wasn't shocked with the result. Uh, as far as the Giants, you know, I think they're a nice young team, and and and, and uh, I think they can do some damage. Not this year after, you know, I think I think they're going to – although, actually, no, now that, you, now that you corrected me by what the – you know, next week's schedule, they might give the Eagles a, a game because NFC, or I'm sorry, divisional opponents. I mean, they're really familiar with, with each other, and I like to be a close game, but I, I think the Phillies or the Eagles are going to pull it out. Uh, but uh, st- moving forward next year and beyond, I think I think the Giants could be a good team. I think the Vikings they have a, they have a, a ton of talent, but but um, I'm not sure if they're if they're if if they've already hit their glass ceiling with uh with uh, Kirk Cousins as their quarterback. And that's a whole lot to think about. Shannon, Minnesota, the Giants, anything? Yeah, that was my the easiest prediction for me of, of an upset uh, is that the Giants are a fundamentally more sound football team. The Vikings, when they did win, as Tony said, it was always one-score games. They give up a lot of points, even in the games they won. Their defense uh, 
was overrated. Uh, they give up a lot of points. They had, they give up over 30 points, I think like six, seven times. Uh, and, you know, they won a lot of them. You know, I, I mean, you think about all the thrilling come from behind victories they had and beating Buffalo in Buffalo right there at the end. And, but I, their defense was not championship caliber. And Kirk Cousins, I mean, he's the guy who's always at the cusp, but he can't never get over the, the you know, he'd never won on Monday night or in primetime to this season. You know, he had a terrible record. And so he's not clutch. He's the opposite of clutch. And then Danny Jones, and Tony mentioned him as well, if you watch him this year, you got to love – that's where coaching comes in. You got to love their coaching staff because they took the offense and they built it around him because they really utilize his full talent, his full talent spectrum. Uh, they have designed runs in there because he moves really well. He can't throw the ball, but they, they do not have great receivers. I mean, they have a bunch of just average guys. And he, but that offense is designed where they scheme guys wide open. A lot of them throws, there's just the receivers was wide open. And they lean on Barkley, of course, and, and use Jones as well as another running fan. So I think that's one of the best coaching jobs anywhere all year. And they've actually brought out Daniel Jones's talent and the reason why he was the uh, number one draft pick. So uh, I was happy to see that. Uh, I'm not a, a fan of either team, really, but um, I thought that that they deserved more credit this year, uh, the coaching staff, for what they was able to do. And uh, it didn't shock me that they beat the Vikings. Yeah, that was an interesting game. I uh, basically, my wife's nephew loves the Giants, so I always go up against him. <laughs> you know, that's just one of the things. He'll n- never give the Steelers credit, mm-hmm. so that that's my thing right there. But with that being said, we need to go ahead and take a break because we have three games that I found that were really interesting that we need to talk about. And hey, we're not just talking about other games the Steelers weren't in. We're talking about games that, yes, the Steelers were not in, but made you think about the Steelers and make you think about their situation, whether it be 2022 or 2023. And we're going to get back into it right after this. So stick around. It's the Steelers hangover from behind the steel curtain.com. The worst looking man you've ever seen. And there I am on the subway train. Welcome back to The Hangover. I'm Brian Anthony Davis. Tony Defio is here on drums. Shannon White there on keyboard. And uh, I'm rocking the mic once again. It's good to see all of you. And speaking behind the still curtain.com, you get all of your Pittsburgh Steeler needs. There's going to be some really exciting news on the editorial side, on the podcast side, and I'm going to talk about that in just a moment. But before I do that, I want to recognize some guys here affiliated with Behind the Steel Curtain that are hanging out in our live chat. It's really great to see a couple of them. First of all, we've got State of the Steelers. It's our good friend Daniel J. You can check out Daniel. He's got a a fairly new show. He's been around a little bit over... eh, I'd say a little bit over nine months here on the network and it's great to see him and that show airs every saturday morning at 5 a.m wherever you get your favorite podcast make sure you download it and we've got big g on the show as well if you don't know big g man then you 
are missing out. You are not checking out the show We Run the North. Now, we're going to go away from We Run the North, not as a show. Those guys are going to be there with Kevin Tate, with the barbershop type routine that is awesome. No, they're not singing, but it feels like you're hanging out in a barbershop. That's the way that Kevin explains it. Tate boys, and he has Sean Gurley, Big G, a Steeler fan, one of the Steeler fans on the show, always very knowledgeable. He's also with the Know It All podcast, too. They are going to be a part of the show called The Homies, and that's going to be the off-season name for the show. <laughs> Just like Shannon's show, Know Your Enemy is going to be the curtain call because it's the off-season because there's really no Know Your Enemy to talk about. So with that being said, why are we still called The Hangover? It's because I don't want to make too many new thumbnails. So, gentlemen, let's talk about mm-hmm. some really big information coming up. Did you guys get a chance to see Dave Schofield's Mock Draft Monday today? He does it every week in the offseason. No. And he talked about – you really didn't have to say that, Tony. I was just, – just lie and say yes. <laughs> so, he I talked about it. today – yeah, there you go. That's That's much better. Today, he talked about the Steelers – having mocked to them at number 17, a very big offensive lineman named Paris Johnson Jr. of the Ohio State University. And I know, uh, if I'm not mistaken, that's one of Big G's teams there too. And if you want to hear more about Paris Johnson Jr., we can hear it from Paris Johnson Jr. himself. Tomorrow on The Fix, Andrew Wilbar and Jeremy Betts are going to bring in Not only Paris Johnson Jr., they're going to bring in Eric Gray, a running back from Oklahoma. They have feature interviews that they've already recorded. It is going to be a great show. Make sure that you check that out. Remember, it's not just in-season for us here at BTSC. We're 365. Every single day, you are going to be having something here. But now Myrna Jane and Burdison, he will be gone by the 17th pick. So was Malik Willis, was going to be gone last year. So we, we can't... We can't say that. We do not know. But, uh, and don't squat harsh our buzz on this. We're going to have Paris Johnson, so check it out. You never know. One of the guys that they had last year was the kid from, man, that kid from, I don't even know where he went to school, but he ended up with the New England Patriots. Who was that quarterback? Why oh, did I... Bailey Zappi. Bailey Zappi, yeah. They, they talked to him last year. So, you know, really interesting stuff. Um, I think Bailey Zappi would have been a guy that uh, the Steelers were looking at, but uh, he was gone before they picked second in the seventh round. So make sure you do check out those shows and everything good. Let's go ahead. Let's get on with it. And let's talk about some of those other games. One game that was really exciting for a lot of people. I called it at the beginning. I said, look. Jacksonville is going to win this game. And then if I was one of those guys on FanDuel or DraftKings or whatever, that you're allowed to change your bet, I would have changed my bet. I've been like, well, I was wrong because I did not believe in the, I wanted to call them San Diego, the Los Angeles Chargers. I just don't believe in them because I think they are one of the best teams in the league. And they're also one of the most disappointing teams in the league because they should have been so with the talent they have now, true they've had injuries but not to the extent of some teams so i am not going the fact that jacksonville ended up coming back from 27 nothing down i'm not taking any credit for that whatsoever i lost that bet i lost that call 
and prediction as soon as I took it off the table. So I'm going to go ahead and say it like it is. Yeah, I, I screwed that one up. I didn't stick with them. Watching that game, guys, were you sticking with them? Or did you think that, oh, they were just an aberration? They were just a good story and get to the dance and brought the wrong shoes. Shannon White? Well, I actually picked uh, Jacksonville. Uh, and I was not expecting, you know, obviously that first half. Uh, Trevor Lawrence had really cut his interceptions down this year. And he had really become a top-tier quarterback. Uh, and had led him on some huge comeback victories and won the division. And so I expected Jacksonville to beat the Chargers, but I thought it would be a shootout. Well, I didn't get home. Uh, and it, when I got home, it was 30 to 20 and, uh, chargers were winning. And I seen that, uh, at the time, Trevor Lawrence had three touchdowns and four interceptions. And I, and I looked at, uh, my family and I'm like, well, that's like being against Cleveland. You know, he, he could end up with, you know, if he could complete this comeback, he could end up with, you know, the four touchdowns and four interceptions. And I don't ever remember that happening. Well, of course, we know they was able to come back. And uh, because Bosa lost his mind, because he thought that the, the I guess the guy, he thought he false started. And, you know, he not only slams his helmet once, but the coach, his head coach picks it up and gives it back to him and he slammed it again. And then, you know, and I was like, oh my gosh. I mean, that's, listen, if you want to go on the sidelines and lose your ever loving mind, that's fine but not on the field of play because they could have called him for taking his helmet off on the field of play. They could have called uh, where you, uh, you know, throwing equipment, you can get a penalty for that. Uh, what if that helmet had bounced up and hit Staley right in the face? You know, I thought it would have been hilarious. Mm -hmm. myself, but, but you know, it, it just, that <laughs> is, he wanted to be seen. When you do it twice like that, he wanted everybody to look at me, you know, and that cost his team. So then they went for the two-point conversion and got it. And that's the reason they lost. Because it would have been, they would have only been able to tie the game there, Tim, with that field goal. So we've seen a lot of that this year. The Steelers have done some celebrating. It's cost them penalties, and they could have been costly. And some of the players, they need to have a little bit more self-control in those situations. But um, I thought that Lawrence, you know, after having that disastrous first half, he could have went in the shell, but he didn't. I thought it was great coaching by Doug Peterson and the fact that they went and they were doing all them little uh, in, in uh, routes and hitches, and that's why he was throwing them interceptions. So they started working the boundaries, and they changed up everything, and the Chargers' defense did not change in the second half. So the Jaguars was able to come back in that game. So – I think we've seen that a lot this weekend, that coaching matters, having a competent offensive coordinator and, a, and a, you know, in these cases, an offensive head coach matters. And uh, I think that was a big step for Trevor Lawrence uh, to, to come back and win that game because, you know, Herbert is incredible. He's got a great arm. Uh, and they have a lot of talent. But you've noticed, I think the Chargers ran the ball eight times in the second half. I mean – you know, you everybody says it's a passing league, but you still have to commit to and be able to run the ball to keep defenses honest. And uh, that that falls in on the coaches 
and there'll probably be changes with the offensive coordinator in and, and um uh for the Chargers. Yeah, I, I tell you what, and I'll go a little <clears> bit <throat> further. You said what would happen if that helmet would have knocked into Staley's head. Mm-hmm. That might have been a good thing because I think that guy <laughs> has some of the worst coaching brain farts I've ever seen. Man, <laughs> he re- he screwed the Chargers last year during that game that should have been a tie that should have knocked the Steelers out of the playoffs. But because of his bravado and calling timeouts when it was a mutually agreed agreed upon tie that both teams would have made the playoffs, that being Vegas and Los Angeles. And after his performance this season, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up in Thailand hanging Mm. out with one Cliff Kingsbury. Tony, (laughs) any thoughts about this game the other night that uh, big Jacksonville Los Angeles game. And how would you mix the Steelers in with your thoughts? Cause I've got some thoughts about that. Well, I thought this was a, uh, a, a prime uh, moment for Justin Herbert and the Chargers to make a statement, you know, going, going against the, uh, an upcoming Jacksonville team, a, a team that, that came on late and nobody was expecting much from them. And you're seven, nothing. Uh, if you win this game and, you know, assuming that, that, Going into Sunday, assuming that uh, both the uh, Ravens and 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 Dolphins lost, I mean at the time, but I was assuming they were both going to lose. So you had you would you would have had the Chargers going to to Kansas City, not a, a good matchup. Uh, but this is the Chargers. They do, you know, it was their fourth franchise quarterback, and I think the world of Justin Herbert. I think he is fantastic. I'm, I'm really a big fan of his, and I think he has everything you need to be a franchise quarterback. But so did Dan Fouts, Drew Brees, Philip Rivers. You know, and I, I did the math of that while, while doing an article uh, about this topic. It's funny we're, we're talking about this, and since uh, since 1973, they, they've had a franchise quarterback for 39 years, and they've gotten 12 playoff appearances, uh, eight division titles, and they made it to the AFC Championship game three times. Not one Super Bowl appearance to show for it. <laughs> Stan Humphreys did that. We we know what what that was all about. He got yeah. him there, unfortunately. But that, this is the I think the Steelers got him there. They've had a franchise quarterback. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, right. But uh, this is the fourth time, fourth franchise quarterback they've had in my lifetime, and they can't seem to get over the hump with the guy. Every every year, the Chargers are that hot, sexy team that everybody wants to pick going into the playoffs, and every year they uh, they come up short. Since I've been watching them, so uh, you know, I feel bad for Justin Herbert, and and if they don't get out of their own way and, and find a way to to build this team around him, it's going to be another ten years of of uh, of championship le- uh, less. Uh, 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 playoff, you know, time for, for the Chargers, if that made any sense. But, but as far as it relates to the Steelers, this goes back to what, to what I said years ago. Uh, if, like if Philip Rivers would have landed in Pittsburgh and, and Ben would have landed in, in, in San Diego at the time, I think the Steelers would have, would have found a way to win a championship or two with Philip Rivers. And I think, you know, if Kenny Pickett proves to be the real deal uh, and a franchise quarterback, I think they're going to find a way to win a championship or two with him as the face of the franchise. So I think that's that's what I'm excited about moving forward with with these Steelers. If Kenny Pickett is is the guy, their future is going to look bright. They're not going to they're not going to going to waste uh, his career by not winning a championship. At least the first five or six years when he's still on his rookie deal. So um, it really like when it was twenty seven nothing. I was really uh, looking forward to next week's game between the Chargers and the Chiefs, and it never came about. But having said that, I mean, flipping it over to, to uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence, I mean, 
first number one overall pick last year or two years ago now. And, and he really made some strides. He's, he, he still makes his share of mistakes, but the talent is there. The, the arm strength is there. And uh, the ability to be a, the face of the, of the franchise is there. And, and, and you know, I, I think these, these Jaguars are going to be a handful in the AFC uh, for years to come now. You know, the Chargers for me, they are the supermodel with bad breath, bad feminine hygiene, and B.O. <laughs> That's exactly who they are. They, uh, they're they never going to get away from that, and it's a shame because they are sexy. I mean, everything about Southern California and everything about the Chargers with those cool helmets, with those uniforms, with everything, they should be great, but they're not. But you guys... Shannon really didn't get a chance to uh, talk about the uh, Steelers with this game. So I'm going to give him an opportunity, but I'm going to lead him into what my thoughts are. I don't think the Steelers could have come back from 27-0 because of the offensive coordinator and because of the scheme. Shannon, what are your thoughts? Oh, I agree. I, I was getting ready to hold my finger up because I, <laughs> I wanted to say one quick thing. Whoa, um, which one? Uh, I always... Uh, you know, this one, I always, um, you know, I will point out if I said something right, but also when I say something wrong and I really just put the Jaguars management and ownership, I run them through the ringer for signing Christy Kirk and some of the, the guys they did for them big contracts to wide receiver. And I was wrong. Christy Kirk had an excellent season. He's developed a real rapport with uh, Trevor Lawrence, and he is—he is—he was vital to them this year, getting where they've got in in to Trevor Lawrence's growth. So, uh, the obviously the Jaguars knew a lot more about the amount of money they spent in Christian Kirk than I did, and I was wrong, and they were right. So I wanted to acknowledge that. Um, I agree with you, man, that the the, the Matt Canada's offense. Uh, the Steelers just do not have the firepower to come back in that game. Um, I, I think the talent is there, uh, but they they do not have the offensive. Uh, they don't design and scheme big plays. Uh, they played very conservative ball control, time of possession, which you know you don't. That's not you can't get behind. If you get way behind, you're usually in trouble. So uh, yeah, I just think that. A lot of the games we saw this weekend where the Steelers are playing checkers, a lot of the other teams, you're seeing chess masters. And whatever has to happen there for the Steelers to match up. But right now, their offensive firepower is not there to come back, as you say, being down 27 to nothing. I want you to hold that thought uh, for something a little bit later. But I want to uh, go ahead and jump on top of that, too, and um, jump on the bandwagon with the Christian Kirk thing. Yeah, I thought that was stupid, but that is something that I always say about the Pittsburgh Steelers too, especially when they brought Deontay Johnson back on that contract, which I thought they did a much better economical job than Jacksonville did with Deontay Johnson, but they know more than we do. And they know the inner workings of their locker room of their franchise. So they make those moves for a reason. So I, I, I'm glad you brought that up because that wasn't on my mind, but that should have been. Let's talk about the game that I had a hard time rooting for or just turning on. 
and it's Cincinnati hmm. and it's Baltimore. My son yelled at me because I said I was going to root for Baltimore. We live in Maryland. He said, that's all right to hate Cincinnati, but you know, you cannot root for the Ravens. And I'm like, in this situation, son, I have to, because I don't know of a team that I hate more right now than the Cincinnati Bengals. Just how obnoxious they are. The fans who are usually on the Escalooser, and now they're acting like they've been there for 50 years, and it just drives me absolutely bonkers. So let's talk briefly about that game. It really changed on one play, and it reminded me of the Pittsburgh Steelers last week, just the fact, and I didn't get a chance to talk too much about this, but when Najee Harris went up in the air for that fumble, we're on an island. There's not much you're going to be able to do that if you get hit, you're not holding onto the ball because you're in the air. And I think that's what happened to Tyler Huntley because David, I think a lot about Tyler Huntley. I think I, I really like him as a player. I like him. He's not as good as a player as, as a uh, Lamar Jackson, but for me, I think he's reliable. I think he does a lot of things, but they just could not get it done. Looked like they were going to get it done though. Shannon, didn't you think? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I thought, you know, they was getting ready to score. I said, you know, you know, one thing we're not talking about, uh, about that game, and they really didn't even talk about it a, a whole lot late in the game. Uh, Burrow did not look like himself. And it was because they lost three starting offensive linemen, uh, you know, in the last few weeks, and then had their uh, left tackle go out uh, there in the first half. And, you know, it really affected. Burrow was having to drop back and get rid of the ball really quick. It looked like uh, last year, I mean, Ben's last offense, and then he was hitting that third or fifth step back, and he was the ball was coming out. So what did – I think Chase had like nine or ten catches out of 12 targets. He was just force-feeding the ball to Chase, but it was no big play. They, they have usually three or four 30- or 40-yard plays a game. And I think they had two plays over 20 yards. So that offensive line, you know, with all those injuries, they really couldn't move the ball, you know, like they normally do. And and the Ravens were given a fifth. So if the Ravens would have went up seven points right there, that would have really put the pressure for Burroughs to do something he hadn't done all night, which was really just, you know, throw the ball and drive the ball down the field against the Ravens. And – you know, I think we were all shocked. I mean, I couldn't believe it. First, that the ball bounced right back to, you know, to Hubbard. And then that he was able to outrun uh, Andrews, who tried valiantly to catch him. But, I mean, that was a huge play. That was, that's was that been the biggest play in the, the postseason easily thus far. Uh, I admit I was disappointed because I thought it had been hilarious if the Ravens would have went into Cincinnati and won with Huntley you know, a quarterback. Were you rooting for the Ravens, Shannon? Yes. I can't stand either team, but the Bengals fans, I dislike more than any fan. I get it. Tony, who were you rooting for in that game? Uh, sorry to say, but I was rooting for the Bengals. I really like the Bengals. I know it's, a, it's an unpopular thing for me to say, but I don't like the Ravens at all. I hate the Ravens. Screw John Harbaugh, blah, blah, blah. I don't like, I don't like the Ravens or their fans. Uh, so I was for the Bengals, and I think they have a good team. Now, the problem with them is that offensive line and the injuries, and that's that might prevent them from beating the Bills and and 
door beating the, uh, the the Chiefs if it comes to that. So, but uh, I wasn't surprised that it was close, even though it was starter for the uh, Ravens, because I mean, the theme of tonight, you know, these, these are two division rivals, and, and they and they know each other so well. Uh, and, and we saw what the Steelers did in Baltimore uh, two weeks earlier. So, uh, when division rivals go against one another, it's always going to be close. But it, it's so amazing how how uh, a season can, can come down to like one play. And how it's a game of inches. Oh, God. You just like, we can still see, hear you, Tony. So that's definitely okay. Oh, okay. Um, sorry. This computer. Yeah. But can I, can I keep going? Continue. Hello? Oh, yeah. Uh, it's just amazing how, how it really, really is a game of inches. I mean, you know, Huntley makes that great run. Looks like he's going to score. He gets stopped at the one. And then uh, it looks like they're going to go in and, and take the lead late in the game or early in the fourth quarter. And then uh, Walters makes that fantastic play. And then Sam Hubbard, you know, was it 98 touchdown? And Sam Hubbard is proof that the NFL can never be flag football because a guy that big running that fast uh, uh, and, and, and scoring, scoring a touchdown, it just shows you that, that these, these, these are the, the biggest, baddest athletes in the world. And even, even uh, when – they can try to make the game as safe as they want, but it's always going to be a rough and tough sport. And um, uh, I, I, I lost my train of thought because of my, because of my uh, computer problem, but, but I, I was rooting for the Bengals and, and I kind of want them to t- be the team that comes out of the AFC. For me, you know, watching both of these teams. Yeah. I, I feel you, Shannon, because <laughs> I, I can't, uh, it's basically whoever wins this week, has got to lose next week for me. And that's, I, I'm never, I just have to, you root against the team that you hate the most in the, in the moment right now. I absolutely hate, <laughs> I, I cannot stand the Bengals right now for many reasons. And I don't even hate Joe Burrow. I just, it's everything else about that team. It's, my gosh, it's Zach Taylor going to a Cincinnati bar and giving them the game ball. Shut up, Zach Taylor. You know, <laughs> you're named after a president that choked on cherries now, and died. So, you know, you know, now, if Tomlin did that, we, we we would think it was the greatest thing ever. Okay, Tony's having more technical difficulties. So um <laughs> so uh well we'll hope he comes back in a second. Uh I, I didn't hear what he just said, Shannon. So I'm just going to move. I'm going to move on. So, uh, but the big thing about it to me, this is like being on a train with either a hobo with hepatitis or sharing a train car with a serial serial killer. It's who do you feel more comfortable with? And that's what it was for me. For me, I was rooting for the Baltimore Ravens. Like I said, my son was mad at me for it because I abhor the Ravens. I live in Maryland. I get it, but I've got to tell you, Man, there's something about there's something about most Cincinnati Bengal fans. I don't want to say, hey, we've got a guy on the network, a Cincinnati Bengal fan. You know him, you know him well. He's B Dirt, Brandon Harriet. Mm. He lives in Pittsburgh. We've had him on the show. Great guy, very knowledgeable. To me, one of the few, though. Mm. Absolutely one of the few. But he knows his stuff. So I'm not pigeonholing all of them. I'm just doing it to most of them. I uh <laughs> who day, no way. That's all I've got to say about that. Um the last game I want to talk about when I was thinking about how the Steelers would have fared, because I really don't didn't really think about the Steelers, how they would fare against those two teams, because I know how they fare against those two teams. We've seen it. We've seen the Steelers beat them both this season 
in different ways, of course. But the one game that was on everybody's mind was 34 for Buffalo and 31 for the Miami Dolphins. And let me say this, the Dolphins, no way were they going to put up 31. Dave Schofield, Jeff Hartman, and I, we were talking about their parlays, and they're like, yeah, I'm going to take the under in that game because there's no way Miami's going to score anything. And uh, Miami scored 31. I'm almost thinking that Pittsburgh, especially after playing them and getting destroyed in week five, that that's a blueprint for what to do. And there's something they adjust very well on as an entire coaching staff when they're playing a team for the second time, especially one that beat them up. I'm thinking that Pittsburgh could have scored more than 31 and could have won that game. Tony, am I wrong on that? Uh, they would have been able to uh, more than 31 points based on what they've done the last two years, especially in 2022. But I think they would have, it would have been a, a game the last time. It couldn't have been any worse. I can tell you that. Um, but you know, they didn't do well in that first game. Uh, Kenny Pickett was his first start. Uh, they figured some things out with the running game um, since since the since that game, uh, and and uh, I think the Bills' defense is, has gotten worse as as the season has gone along. So I think it would have been a better game. Uh, but historically, when it, when a team beats uh, another team like Buffalo beat Pittsburgh in, in in the regular season, when they when they meet again in the, in, the, in the playoffs. It's usually usually the team that won in a regular season wins again. We saw that with Jacksonville in 2017. So I wouldn't. I, I, they probably wouldn't have won, but I think they would have given them a better game. But I don't think they would, would have given them a better game than the Dolphins did because I think the Dolphins, again, being a divisional rival, uh, they match up well with them. That we saw it in the regular Miami earlier in the year. They have excellent uh, talent on offense. Uh, Jalen Waddle and uh, the guy who's the best receiver in the NFL, maybe whose name I can't remember for some freaking reason right now, but. Uh, yeah, I wasn't surprised that it was close, but I, I think the Steelers would have been game, but not good enough to, to make it as close as the Dolphins did. Shannon, let's talk about that game real quick. I don't think that the Bills would have put up over 30 on the Steelers, actually, the way they were playing yesterday. I don't think they looked right either, but Tony could be right about the divisional thing. So Shannon, take it away. Well, you have that divisional factor, which we've talked about in some of the other games. And then you have momentum. Uh, the with the Hamlin injury, well, you know, way worse than an injury. Let's just say life-threatening situation. And now it's it's a great inspirational story, and we're also very thankful. And prayers answered. Then they come out and they played their last game of the regular season, and they it, the first play was the kickoff return, I think, for a hundred yards for a touchdown, and you know. Buffalo went crazy. I mean, the stadium just absolutely lost their mind. The team, there's guys crying. You know, they're they're talking about that they it was a spiritual moment. Well, then you play a divisional foe at home who's playing the third string rookie quarterback. It's hard to get motivated when you think we're going to crush this team. You know, they shouldn't even got in the playoffs. They got in the playoffs by. You know, they lost, what, five in a row? And they barely squeaked out a game against the Jets. And so everybody, I thought it, everybody thought that they're going to get crushed. So there wasn't any 
momentum for Buffalo had no momentum. They they uh, they weren't psyched up to play the Dolphins, and they come out really flat. And if you notice, we were having a party for one of my wife's family members, eighty six year old, uh, and uh, we're there and we're we're having a good time, and we're all all of us are looking over at the TV periodically, and you see, you know, it was seventeen to three, and then all of a sudden. Uh, Miami starts, you know, they give us some turnovers and things just wacky. Things just kept happening. And Buffalo lost their composure. It, it There was like three straight drives where it was Josh Allen running around and then throwing it 50 yards downfield trying to hit a big play on third down and they end up, you know, punting the ball back. So I think that the Buffalo Bills lost their composure. It had that tie game at half. And then I think in the second half, you know, even though the Miami kept it close, I thought Buffalo had more control in the second half. And the fact that they got through that game, a lot of teams lose that game. You know, when you're playing and, and you're having an off day and you're not motivated and the other team is hanging in there, a lot of teams lose it. The fact that the Buffalo Bills won it, you know, I think they'll play a lot better next week. But the thing that, that you know, the Steelers uh, – where they would have had a chance is in the second half of the season, they were able to sustain drives. So they wouldn't, they wouldn't have been as many possessions. I think in the game, if the Steelers would have played and it, it would have been a lower scoring game. And I believe the Steelers could have hung with them because everybody's missing the fact that not only is Hamlin out, who was a starter, but you've also got Vaughn Miller who they brought in to be that key pass rusher. And, and they're going to miss him in the playoffs. So, I mean, the Buffalo Bills are a Cinderella story and a feel-good story right now, but that Von Miller injury looms large. It absolutely does. You know, as far as I'm concerned, I don't feel like the Bills won that game as much as the Dolphins could not control their timeouts, could not, could not get to the line of scrimmage on time, made the craziest stupid mistakes. I don't think Kenny Pickett makes those mistakes. So if they're close in a situation like that, I think the Steelers win. I don't know if the Steelers get close like that. They're at home and the Dolphins were not. And the sins of the past are what ended up dooming the Steelers. But the bottom line to the whole thing, and I'm going to uh, – give you my final thoughts right here about this game and all these games this weekend when I'm watching it I am still thinking that the Steelers will not win most of these games because when they get in trouble they get in peril that they don't have the offensive scheme to go ahead and come from behind way too much they can against lesser teams like like uh, they they can against the Ravens, who is a they are a playoff team, but that's a divisional team. They were against the Ra- Raiders, just not a good team. But I don't know if they would have been able to do it in these kind of games. So with that being said, it's time to get on out of here. I got to say this: make sure you check out everything for the Pittsburgh Steelers. That. It's right here on BTSC, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com for all your Pittsburgh Steeler needs. i got to do a special shout-out. My boy is out with his buddies right now. Connor, Kevin, Chaz, Willie, good to see you, buddies. Nice to see you in the live chat. So, fantastic. He's out with his buddies, but he's still checking in on Dad. you got to love that. So, with that being said, for Tony Depio, for Shannon White, my name is Brian Anthony Davis from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, and you know it. And if you don't, you're going to hear it again. 
just when you think you've got all the answers. We keep changing the questions. Shannon, take me home. Woo! That's right, Daddy. BTSC, go Steelers.